Have you ever noticed that podcasts are a little like sharks? When they stop swimming, they die, and they can both smell blood from a mile away. So in the spirit of keeping swimming, I'd like to introduce you to TOS Plus. Putting my business pants on for a second, TOS Plus is our new premium membership thingamajig. It's the all-access pass to a growing library of exclusive horror, sci-fi, and WTF audio fiction, along with access to the regular TOS weekly stories in higher quality, a week early, and ad-free. Once again, that's exclusive episodes, ad-free, a week early, and higher quality audio. You'll also get access to the brand new TOS Plus Vault, where you can grab our ebooks, comics, and desktop wallpapers and all sorts of stuff. All of this is available today via our Patreon campaign, which includes juicy extras like Discord access, audiobooks, and merch. And if you're an Apple user, you can subscribe directly via the Apple Podcasts app. We're now in our eighth year of the podcast, and we've got so many cool projects on the boil none of which would be possible without the ongoing support of our listeners, specifically our premium subscribers, our super-powered patrons, and the many multi-dimensional voodoo priests air-guitaring to the TOS intro jingle. For more, head over to theotherstories.net forward slash plus. Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash plus. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. And now, the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver presents The Witching Hour. The Witching Hour is brought to you by The Mysteries to Die For podcast. It starts with a body. Suspects line up. All have motive, but which one killed? Mysteries to Die For is the podcast for mystery lovers. Season 3 contains the first stories of series detectives like Sherlock Holmes, Monsieur Lecoq, and Hercule Poirot. Can you find the killer before these masters stage their grand reveals? Subscribe to Mysteries to Die For wherever you get your podcasts and put your skills to the test. That's the Mysteries to Die For podcast. The Saviour of the Planet Written by Alexandra Elroy Performed by Persephone Rose Just when the sunflower stem I planted a month ago was getting really big, a slug ate its way through it and toppled it. It didn't have a flower yet, it was too young. I found it flat in the dirt this morning, its leaves covered with more slugs. 
I was upset at first, but then I thought how mighty that slug must have felt, just chomping away happily and suddenly bringing this huge thing down. Good for her. The chanting begins. Of course, I know all the words. I don't dare look at the others, so I say them to the fire. We gathered souls. Call to those eternal. Heed our pleas. This time infernal. Grant those worthy with your boundless power their heart's desire this witching hour. And those whose metal may not suffice, may you claim their lives in sacrifice. A flash blinds me for a moment and I blink at the light, not sure why I thought about the slug just now. The fire ate my wish right up, just like last time. That's good. Because if it were different this time, it would mean things, and and they don't. But I shouldn't get distracted. This is my chance. I couldn't talk to the gang earlier because they were all looking so solemn, and the masks were throwing me off, and, well, because of my curse. But now that the fire ate my new wish, I should be able to talk to them. Only, they all left already. I turn around and head into the woods in search of them, so I can save them. Item number one, the fire. The fire eats your wishes and grants them, but not like you think. Be careful because it tricks you and its promises are crooked and it will curse you. Last time I asked for super empathy and the fire gave it to me. I thought it'd be nice because I could understand all the people I'd secretly followed to the ritual. They all looked so cool and they knew what to do and I wanted them to be my friends. I was only nine as I hid in the bushes and saw them do their ritual and write down their wishes and throw them in the fire, so when I left, I crept over and wrote my own wish on a gum wrapper with the red Parker pen I kept in my pocket and threw it in the fire, and the fire ate it right up. Then the screaming started. A wave of panic poured down my throat from all directions, and then someone came running and that poor girl was killed and the feeling slammed into my brain until my mind left. That was my first empty time, which is a thing that happens where I walk, but I'm not there. When my mind came back, I couldn't talk anymore. Everywhere I looked, there were looks and worries and opinions, and I felt them all. I was overwhelmed all the time. I felt like an alarm was gong gonging away in my head with pulses of people. For years, I couldn't respond to any of the feelings around me, but I manage a bit now. On the way here, I trod through the dusk, reciting the moves I'd make with my limbs and the angles and width I'll assume when I see the gang and tell them about the danger. I whisper as I walk, reciting how I'll move when I find them. Tilt the chin to the right, not a full power stance, because that is off-putting. Instead. Right fist on the hip, tilt the hip to the fist, aim the left arm down with the open hand on the thigh, feet hip width apart, which is less wide than you think, only about 25 centimeters, I checked, with most weight on the right foot. Tilt chin to the side and up, corners of the mouth up, eyebrows relaxed. Now that I'll get my new wish, I won't really need my verbal aids anymore, but I suppose I'm nervous. It is dark, so I adjust my head torch. I spot a vine on the ground. Item number 36, the vines. See index for variety. This vine is thick, 
dark and gooey, so that means it won't move much if you don't touch it. If you step on it after drinking the draft made from its juice, see item number nine, you see things you don't want to see. The thin ones with the thorns you have to run from because they're fast, and if they touch you, you'll feel things you don't want to feel. I take a big step back over the vine and keep going. It's easy. Things that have a manual don't scare me. I reach under my superhero cape and pat my shoulder bag, all heavy with the weight of the book. Whenever I experience the empty time afterwards at night, information would come to me somehow. Information about the night and the ritual and the monsters that are drawn to it and how everything works. I think the empty time draws it in somehow because my head needs to be filled when I'm not there. I wrote it all down in the book in case the ritual would happen again. This time, I could help the gang, warn them of the dangers. I would throw my new wish in the fire so I could talk to all of them and save them when they needed it. Maybe the sunflower will grow back. The roots are still in there, right? I should look up how that works, and I'll give it some water just in case. I saw the slugs on top of it before when it was still standing, but I didn't want to hurt them by drowning them with beer or anything, so I just removed them and put them back on the ground. Maybe that's why they ate through it so close to the bottom, actually. So I did it wrong. I suddenly feel tears, but you shouldn't cry for a plant because it's only a plant. So I bite the inside of my cheek until I'm crying because it hurts and not for the plant. It's normal to cry for pain. There's another cry, too, from out there. I look up and a spike of panic hits me as a slim woman in a rabbit mask bolts past. It all happens too fast for me to react at all. I turn for a moment, but she is already gone. I consider going after her, but then I turn back to the place she sprang from. There is a clearing there, and it pulls me towards it. There is someone there. He is standing very still, but it's definitely one of the gang. I recognize his black and white mask, only it looks a bit different. Like one side is lighting up like a flaming silver. I open my mouth to speak, and I feel like I can almost do it when he turns his head and looks me in the eye. It hurts me like an actual stab. His emotions flow into me and they freeze me. His eyes looking out through the holes of the mask seem so dead, but what flows from him is a tidal wave of pure, ice-cold dying. Not death, which is still and calm, but the horrible, twisted feeling of perishing, stretched out, without ending. I cannot look away, and I am caught. The man stares right into me while seeing nothing. Then he slowly turns and disappears into the dark. The alarm is banging in my head while I slowly unfreeze. The empty time almost happens, but I hear something that snaps me out of it. Someone shouting, no, followed by a thin shrieking. Maybe human or not? It sounds weak, like it needs my help. It comes from the opposite direction of where the man went. I shudder back into existence, and I make my legs move toward it. While I walk, I pull out my book and click my red marker. 
Item number 344, I note. The Black and Silver Man. Stay away from the Black and Silver Man. If I get this book to someone and explain the rules of this place, this ritual and its creatures, because there are rules, and if you follow them, you'll be all right. If I explain, they'll be safe. And it's not like they don't want me here this time. They asked me. I found the invite written in my book last week. I like that it said I should dress up because I like costumes. I'm a superhero. I wonder why they need me because it didn't say in the book. There it is. Is it a baby? I can't see, but the sound is coming from there. A woman is holding it, standing far too tall for that amount of blood that's on her. Her mask is a lion face. She she was in the circle. She looks like she's in trouble. There is a lot of blood. She could really use my book. I hug it tight and I take a step over to her. Maybe she doesn't want me there. What if she gets angry? She looks angry. She could shout at me, or her eyes could be all dead like the black and white man's. I think she hears me because she looks up. I quickly step back, holding my breath. She looks around for a bit, and then bends her head back down to her... baby, I think. Her face is all screwed up. There is a feeling there, but I'm too far away to feel what it is. Slowly, slowly, I back away. My foot catches on something, and I slam back. I hate falling in front of people. Did she see? Mortified, I scramble up and run away. It isn't until I stop to adjust my head torch with both hands that I notice I'm not holding the book. I must have dropped it when I fell. My head torch flickers at my touch and dies. I consider retracing my steps by listening for the baby's wails. I heard them a second ago, but no, it's all quiet now. Tears come into my unseeing eyes. My head is red hot and it must be shame because why couldn't I talk to her and help her? I just ran away while she needed help and now the book is gone. My superpower left me. Something thick under my foot makes me stoop down and feel what I stepped on. It's a vine. I look around quickly, waiting to see things, but nothing appears. Then I see some shapes in the dark. Instinctively, I move away from them until there is a warmth behind me. I turn and see item number one smile at me. Hello, Jenny, says the fire. It seems bigger than before, with a bulk crumpled up inside. I can't talk to you, I answer. I stepped on a vine, and now I will see things that are not real, and they can appear at any moment. Yes, you know what the vines do. You know everything about me. Aren't you glad that you know those things, Jenny? I gave you so much information. Everything you need to help everyone. You you owed me that, at least, I mumble. After everything you took from me last time. The fire is surprisingly easy to talk to. I haven't said so many words in a row in years. The fire giggles and embers jump out. (laughs) You think I owe you? 
After you crashed into my circle without being invited? I didn't deserve you taking my mind just because I intruded or made my wish wrong. You think I granted your wish, Jenny? My throat tightens and my head feels like it is becoming a fist. Yes, I asked to understand people and you made everyone's feelings so strong in my head that I couldn't move anymore, couldn't talk. I walked around feeling everyone's problems so much my heart always hurt and people's apathy towards me slapping in my face and, and I couldn't do anything. Just looking someone right in the eyes cuts into me so hard. How could you do that to me? I didn't grant your wish last time, Jenny. You did. Why did you sneak into the forest after some people you liked? Why didn't you just talk to them? Because you couldn't. You were unable to talk to people even as a young girl. The you now is just who you are. There is some trauma, sure, but the sensitive, anxiety-ridden little woman you grew into is who you were always going to be. No, 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 it was you. I was normal until I saw the things you showed me, until you granted my wish all crooked. All that happened to you here was that you got something else to blame for your mental abnormality. To stop you having to deal with who you always were. Face it, Jenny. You don't have a superpower or a curse. You're just disabled. You were born with that mind in you, and it grew just like it was doomed to. I grab the sides of my cape and wrap it around me as I rock back and forth, my head shaking. No, 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 you're a liar, a liar, a liar, a liar, this is not who I am. You broke me, and now you lie, you lie, you lie, you lie. Don't worry, Jenny. You were part of my circle this time. I am granting the wish you made tonight. But I still couldn't talk to that woman. I was so afraid of her, and I couldn't help her, and, and, and now even my book is gone. It was never about that book. The knowledge that came to you just proves that your mind is a good host. There is room in there for information, feelings, people of all kinds, really. No, your wish, that was bigger than that you wished to be someone who could do something about things, something big. Don't you worry about that little woman and her little problem. You want to do big, big things. You want to chomp at the bottom of the stem and bring down something bigger than you can possibly comprehend. And that is what I am giving you. Look behind me. A shadow glows in the fire's aura. It is the black and silver man, the man with the dead eyes. The silver half of his mask looks like it reflects the flames, only it looked like that before, too, when the fire wasn't near. He is looking down at something by his feet. He is a villain, Jenny. His soul is twisted and malformed. And now, Jenny, you can bring him down at his roots. I'm shining on your weapon right now. A rifle lights up among the soot and the dirt. It pulls at me, and it doesn't scare me at all. 
Go on, Jenny. Save the planet. Things are quiet and calm, just for a second, until the man starts panting, grunting, breathing heavy, and it sounds too loud, just too loud. Emotion spills from him, oozing all over me. It is offensive, physically painful. He hasn't seen me yet, and he sinks to his knees. My hand closes over the metal of the rifle. It is hot from the fire, and I almost drop it. Quickly, before it burns me, I pull it to me and aim and squeeze. Then I realize it is happening again. The empty time shoots me right out of my head faster than ever before. With a bang, I am gone. My mind pulled out of my head along with the bullet that races away from the rifle. The vacant space I leave behind in my head gapes, invitingly, as my consciousness rushes out. Suddenly, a new energy from outside seems eager to accept the invitation. It slithers past my departing mind to fill up the new void. I can't grab it. We are crossing streams, and into my head it goes. I witness my stupid, stupid body straighten itself up and smile a little just before I disappear forever. And the last thing I hear is the fire's crackly laughter. <laughs> the Witching Hour is produced by Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver, directed by Andy Conduit Turner. Tonight's episode, The Saviour of the Planet, was written by Alexandra Elroy and performed by Persephone Rose. Sound, music and editing are all by Duncan Muggleton. All additional sound effects come from freesound.org. Our entire series is produced under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. Which, as any friendly legal professional will tell you, means don't sell it, don't edit it, don't unpick it looking for a conspiracy that goes all the way to the top, like literally all the way. But you can share it as much as you'd like. Until next time, 